what I love about teaching yoga for runners is you have a community of, of, of like-minded people, right? So um, I'm able to talk right to those people, what they're thinking, what they're doing, because I, I have the same thing in my head going on. So it's great. Welcome to the Runners Connect Run to the Top podcast, where it's all about learning from the best minds in the sport so you can train smarter, stay healthy, and run faster now. And now your host, Tina Muir. Hello, this is Tina Muir. Thanks again for taking the time to tune in to the latest episode of the Runners Connect Run to the Top podcast. I have lots of changes coming to the podcast, which I'm going to explain more about after the interview. I'm excited to share with you and hear what you think. But if you've already listened to previous episodes, remember, I would really appreciate it if you could go give us a review or help me fill out the survey to know what you want at runnersconnect.net forward slash listen. I have a great survey. I'll explain more about it after the interview. So last week, we had an absolutely amazing interview with Dr. James Mars, and we talked about something that's critical to performance, which is sleep. If you missed it, make sure you go back and take a listen. It was a real eye-opener episode. So on to today. We tend to put ourselves into buckets. I'm a runner, I'm a cyclist, I'm a rower, but often we don't fit so nicely into those buckets. My guest today talks about the importance of yoga in our routine as a runner. Yes, it is possible to be a yogi and a runner, and it may just help us feel better and run faster, which is something we all want, right? So, my guest today is Cara Gilman. She was the 2013 Best of Competitor Yoga Instructor. She's been featured in Boston Magazine and Bost LLNO. She's the Lululemon and Newton Running Ambassador. And she's the Essentia Water Hydration Specialist. So today, Cara and I are going to talk about just how big of a difference yoga can make to your training and performance. And almost immediately, which classes are best for runners depending on where you are at in your training? And how just 10 to 15 minutes a few times a week in your own home could be just what your body needs to reach the next level. You're going to love her attitude and the fact that she really is a runner. So she has some great suggestions. And I'm sure even if you've avoided yoga up to this point, after this, you're going to want to give it a try. So let's meet Cara. Welcome to the Runs of the Top podcast, Cara. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to get to know you more, and uh, I told the listeners a little about your achievements uh, in the intro, but we're going to learn today that success is so much more than just your accomplishment. So do you want to kind of give us a bit of a background on who you are and, you know, whatever you want to share with us today? Yeah, so um, I'm a yoga teacher, I'm a marathoner, and um, I also do some run coaching as well. And it's funny, my running career actually started with me hating running running. um and high school I played soccer I played basketball and running was never something that I ever loved or looked forward to I was always the last one I always dreaded it um my parents make jokes that you know I had to do this two mile time run and they'd have to pull me out of bed to train for it every day you know something that I dreaded um but once I got to college you know running was something that I totally found for myself Um, I didn't have that competitive aspect of competing against other people or, um, you know, kind of all that, um, ego stuff with it. I found, I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with the movement and how it made me feel and how it made my body feel, my mind feel. And, um, yeah. And so by the end of my senior year in college, I I ran my first marathon actually. And, um, I've continued my marathon journey ever since then. And yoga has intertwined as part of that journey as well. Um, I actually came really in love with marathons where I ran like seven and five years. Uh, yeah, yeah, seven and five years. And um, I became so burnt out that that's when I found yoga. And then I really learned how to integrate yoga and running and really make myself not only a stronger marathoner, um, keep myself healthy, injury free, but I also understood of how to just treat myself better with training and in my life. And, and then I became a yoga teacher. And that's where I am now teaching yoga, um, running marathons. Still I have a New York city marathon coming up November 1st. So I got my taper on right now, which is really exciting and yeah, I'm just enjoying life. And I'm also raising um, money for charity, which, um, my husband and I really love doing. We, um, run for the Fox foundation for Parkinson's research. Okay. And so we ran the, we're going to run the New York city marathon for them this November. And we ran Chicago marathon last year for them. So it's been really fun to see how this running journey has taken me to yoga, has taken me to do charity work and yeah, just yeah. 
blended on parts of my life. So it's been really fantastic. No, it's great. And it was, it's really interesting to hear of how you, I was wondering how, which order, it, you know, chicken or the egg thing, which one came first? And I loved that you mentioned uh, early on about how, you know, it wasn't about the competitive aspects for you. It was just, you loved it. And I think you would kind of made me think about it too often we do kind of get caught up in the, you know, got to get this time or got to do this or do that. But a, a lot of it, you know, for a lot of people and for all of us, to some extent, it should be about just enjoying it being out there. So I love that you mentioned that. And I love that it kind of um, brought you to the yoga. And, you know, it's funny hearing you say that you are literally the definition of, of a balanced person, which is, you know, all the things you just mentioned there, which is so funny, because that's exactly what we think of when we think of yoga instructors is, you know, very balanced, very, you know, got their priorities in the right order. So it's great to hear. And it's, it's nice to hear you say that, you know, you love yoga, you love running, you did all kinds of sports growing up. Um, it just, it's like, the ultimate cross training you've you know really got everything but what would you say um to someone who you know may have been a bit hesitant to try different things or do you have any thoughts on you know you you've seen the benefits of yoga with running do you find each one kind of helps e each other one yeah definitely it's really interesting because um, I talked to a lot of runners especially once you hit peak training season you know you're you're clocking in your 20 miler on the weekends you're doing your tempo runs you're in monster training I get a lot of people be like oh well I'm running so much I don't have time for anything else mm -hmm. I don't have time for yoga I just have time to get my key runs in and your key runs are huge especially if you're going for time you know you need to do the tempo runs you need to do your hill workouts um, you need to have a comprehensive training plan but yoga is gonna against the word balance just keeps coming up. It's going to provide that balance. Um, yoga is essential for not only helping with flexibility for strength, but also helping for, with focus. A lot of the marathon process or running in general is so mental. Um, and I know this firsthand of, of being so burnt out mentally. Like I couldn't run more mile, one more mile just because I felt like I was so doing so much of it that I needed something else. I needed a different outlet. And I think um, people get so caught up with their training plan and getting their runs in and this and that, that they forget how essential yoga is as a cross training method. So again, as mm -hmm. I spoke about, it's great for flexibility. Um, as runners, we're doing one repetitive movement so much and tightness is good. You want to have some tightness. You want to have some strength around the joints, but there's a point where that tightness is chronic tightness and that's going to lead into injury. So I think there's a stat, I've read different stats, but the one I like most commonly come around is about 62% of injuries get, uh, runners get injured. And mm -hmm. so it's because there's not that balance there. You're just doing this one repetitive movement so much. You need something else to counter those movements. Um, and then strength wise, like a lot of, it was interesting. So I'm a running coach as well. And so I took my running coach certification and a lot of the strength based movements are all you can movements that I teach in my yoga classes. So oh, really? a lot of my yoga runners classes are based on flexibility, but we also do a lot of balance and hip stability, um, glute activation and key, um, key movements that are going to help you be more efficient runner as well. And also a lot of core work too, which is, as we know, is all important all around. And um, again, going back to that focus point, if you're not there mentally, um, if you don't have that focus on, if you're not inspired, if you don't have that fire in your belly to wake up every morning and to run, you're not going to be successful. So what I love about yoga as a cross training method is that it's so comprehensive for those three facets. Um, it's better than just getting on the elliptical and just grinding it out. Um, it's just more meditative and it helps you holistically, which I think is important too. Yeah, absolutely. And as, and so I'm just kind of thinking here. So in an ideal world with, if you were in your marathon training, when would be the best time to go to a yoga practice or is like, is there different practices you would recommend for different times? Like if you'd done a, you know, let's say a hard 20 miler that morning, is that evening a good time to go to yoga or would that be better to wait until one of your easier days? What would you recommend with going to these classes? With going to these classes, so first, I mean, I'd back up and ask certain questions. So first of all, are you new to yoga? You know, how many, you know, are you new to yoga? Um, what's your experience with it? And then also, um, where are you in your training cycle? So, right, are you in your peak training cycle where you're running 20 miles on the weekends, you have your tempo runs, et cetera? Um, and then what does it look like? What is your, you know, your weekday cycle look like? So what are you doing that week? So yeah, are you running a 20 mile on Saturday and where can you have time to fit in yoga? So for example, if you did a 20 miler in the morning, 
it'd be great if you did a restorative class at night. So not even a deep stretching class, a nice restorative class, because your muscles are going to be incredibly fatigued. So sometimes stretching them, even deep stretching them can be a little bit too much because you don't want to overstretch too. again, balance, right? So a nice restorative class where you are relaxing your body. And what's great about restorative yoga is you're holding postures from anywhere from three to five minutes. And they're very comfortable, some of the comfortable positions. You have blankets, you have bolsters. It's like a big slumber party in a room. And, but you're holding poses and through relaxing your body and calming down your nervous system, you're able to slowly open up these tissues and fascia in your body. That is a nice gradual release opposed to stretching where you're you know, you're ripping, you're essentially ripping and, and doing a little micro tears into your muscles. Um, so what's great about that is your body's already gone through so much, you know, three hours of running or two hours of running, um, a nice restorative class at night would be great. Or the next day you do a nice yoga for runners or a deep stretch class as well. Um, but yeah, it, it all depends. So for me, um, you know, I'm in taper mode right now. I just finished my 20 mile or my last 20 mile on Saturday. Um, I like to practice three times a week, three to four times a week. Um, two times a week, I like to be active where, um, so an active class would be a vigorous vinyasa class. So that would be um, vinyasa yoga here in Boston. We have hip hop yoga. Um, that could be power flow yoga, power yoga, that type of thing. So twice a week, I like to do a class like that where that's my strength. That's also flexibility. I'm moving my body a different way. Which days would you do that? Sorry. Each days. Yeah. So it depends on your cycle. So for me, a lot of times I, for me, with anyone, you, you fit it into your schedule. Okay. So it's not like on a specific workout day or an easy run day. It's just, okay. Exactly. I mean, it'd be great if you could do it on an easy run day. You want to make sure that you're not sore or your muscles aren't fatigued going into your, um, your speed workout day. So you might be careful of how you schedule that. So like maybe if you're newer to yoga, you wouldn't schedule a vinyasa class or a power yoga class the day before. But for me, I could, because I'm not going to get sore from it. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, and you can definitely layer them on top of each other. So you could practice in the morning, um, or run in the morning and then go at night. That doesn't matter. But again, just listen to your body. If you're tired, especially if you're new to yoga and you start practicing four times a week, that's a lot too, you know? So I'd say two times a week, vigorous power flow, you're moving, you're adding some strength, some flexibility, and then maybe one or two times you're doing more restorative or yin or deep stretch, um, or that kind of thing. Okay. Okay. That's great. And can you just kind of explain a little about, um, for, uh, I mean, I've been to restorative classes before, but for someone who's never been before, when you mentioned about restorative and that being important, like what exactly is that? Yeah. So as runners, I think the most important thing for us, and it's funny, we get our workouts in, um, we hit the pavement, but rest is so important. Mm -hmm. And it's something that, um, I think as a culture society, we have a hard time resting. Uh, we have a hard time sitting. And so, especially if we have family commitments, you know, high demand commitments for our job, even if we're sleeping, sometimes our sleep isn't restful. You know, our, we don't have a time to have our nervous system to calm down and to relax. And we're not allowing our parasomatic system to kind of kick in and let us let our body rest our we're, our body's still going even though we're sleeping or even though we're laying around it's it's our body's still tense or we still have this tense energy and it's important um and what's so great about restorative yoga it allows the body allows that parasomatic to kind of kick in so we can find relaxation we can find ease and through that, we can find rest and we can recover better. Because um, as we know, that one rest day or those two rest days we have in our schedule is essential. We feel so much better when we're fresh. And sometimes even getting good nights of sleep or, or that kind of thing, it doesn't give us as much rest as, as we need. And the restorative yoga is a great option for that. And again, it just lightly stretches the muscles. It doesn't do too much stress in the body. Light, light, light stretching, opening up key areas um, and that type of thing. But yeah, a lot of bolsters, a lot of support, um, which is great as well. Okay. Yeah, that's good. And I actually, um, I, I've kind of changed my mind over it over the years. I remember the first time I went, I didn't understand what that was. And I thought it was just a yoga class. And I went there and I was like, what the heck is this? I was like, What am I doing? I was like, this is such a waste of an hour. But then I was like, by the end, I was like, you know what? This was actually very good for me to like exactly what you said, like force myself to relax, even if it was just because I didn't want to look like I was, um, you know, out of place because I was holding the poses. Like, it, the, even though I was uncomfortable because I, in my head, I was like, I need to be doing something. But 
it like forced me to stay still, which I think that in itself was good. And now I kind of see the importance of it. Um, so yeah, one point with that too, it's really interesting. So when I first, first, I thought the same thing, I took my restorative yoga class and I was laying there like, Oh my God, like an hour of my time, I need to be sweating right now. Um, I'm like, you know, I felt the same way. Um, but it's just, again, it's that mental aspect of it too. And I think sometimes as runners and we feel like if we're not stressing our bodies out, if we're not sore, if we're not sweating, we're not working our bodies. We're not, we're not, we're not, we're not growing as runners, mm-hmm. right? We're not going to hit that PR if we're not killing ourselves. But again, we keep calling the word balance. You need to find an outlet where you're not going hundred thousand miles per hour. You are resting. So, but to your point, I took my first word of story class and I was like, this is great. I fell asleep five times. I'm laying on all these blankets and pillows, but like, what did I do for my body day? Like, you know, how is this going to help me? And you know, through practicing for many years, I actually went back to that class and I'm like, wow, I needed this, <laughs> you know? So th- yeah. So no, I disagree yeah. with you on that point. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. I wasn't the only one. I'm sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So on the other end of the spectrum, while we're talking about class styles, I just was kind of curious. I'm not sure if other listeners have had this problem, but I found that in some classes I went to, maybe you were saying about the vinyasa or some of the power ones, um, I, because I'm so competitive and I know a lot of people listening up, I really struggled with when, you know, they would say, you know, you're going up into, let's say bridge pose or some kind of pose. And they you know, somewhat the instructor will say, come on, you got to push yourself, hold this longer. Like you can do this. Like, this is the only time you're going to push yourself. And part of me was like, oh yeah, I've got to do it. And I was like, I felt like I had to hold it, even though I could tell, it was almost like I was close to like a a breaking point because I'd already done like a long run that morning and pushed myself for two hours. But um, I didn't want to back down. But at the same time, I, um, you know, I was thinking, no, I have already pushed myself like you don't know me. But either way, it was like stressing me out. And so I was just I'm sure some other runners have found that. Do you have any advice of um, what to do for runners? They don't, you know, overdo that limit and push themselves too far. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And from an instructor perspective, I would never, ever say that in my class. My <laughs> is like the focus. So the focus with yoga is the breath. So if you're not breathing, if you're making your, like, I hate to say it, but like constipation face, right. You're like holding <laughs> yeah. your breath. You're like, cheeks are exploding. You shouldn't be doing it. You're going to hurt yourself. And, um, especially if you went running in the morning or your body's exhausted, my body's exhausted when I'm hitting the mat right now, you know, you're hitting four mile, 40 miles a week. You're tired. Um, and especially my practice, my yoga practice is where I don't push. I take a child's pose whenever I want. Um, and again, I focus in my breath. If my breath's out of whack, then I say, okay, I need to slow it down a little bit. Um, but I think it's also helpful just being like clear with your teacher, like, Hey, like I ran long this morning. So my body's really tired. So if I'm going to take a child's pose in the back a little bit more, if I take an early Shavasana, just to let you know, but I also think when you're looking for instructors, you want to have instructors that like support you and your goals. And, um, and for my recommendation, I hate to judge other teachers. Um, there's a thing with pushing your, someone, but you know, there's another thing where you're going to, again, push someone, hurt someone and nothing's worse. than it's like, Oh, I just did my two hour run and then I did yoga class and I hurt myself like trying mm-hmm. to do that back bend, you know? So, um, again, me being clear with your teacher, um, hang out different teachers. So, um, you know, if that didn't work out with that teacher, seeing a different type of teacher, but just, Again, you should never feel like the yoga mat is your place to push or to accomplish. It's your it's your chance to balance. So if you need to take an extra child's pose, if you need to take a longer shavasana, um, it's it, it, what I that's what I, I loved about it too. I felt like I didn't have all this. You know, when we run, sometimes we put pressure on ourselves, like, oh, I need to get this tempo run in, or I need to run ten miles today, or, or this or that. And what I loved was my yoga mat was my way to explore what I needed, you mm-hmm. know, and um, and all of that. So. Yeah. So I wouldn't recommend going back to that teacher. I hate to say that. <laughs> well, I, I know what like he was trying to do. Like, yeah. you know, for most people who do go to yoga class, that's the one hour of exercise, you know, whatever. So, but, um, okay. So what, how do you, uh, as yeah. you've been through it yourself, how do you get yourself out of that mindset to where your ego allows you to take that child's pose or to, do you have any advice for, you know, telling yourself to back off? Definitely. So what I like to do in class is we set intentions. So um, just like you had set an intention before you go out for a long run, you're like, hey, my intention um, for this run is that I'm going to run 20 miles today. 
and I'm going to do it this pace or I'm going to do it this way. Here's my strategy. So just like you would approach your run with a strategy, with an intention mind of, of what you want to work on. Same thing with your yoga practice. So um, in any class I teach, whether it's yoga for runners, hip hop yoga, um, candlelight flow yoga, it doesn't matter. We set intentions. And I think it's an important way of saying like, why am I here? What do I need? Um, and how is this practice going to give me something that's going to make me stronger, whether it's giving me more rest, whether it's developing physical strength, whether it's working on my focus, um, but coming in with a mindset of what do I need and, and how can I let go of that ego? So maybe someone comes into yoga like, hey, my my job today is to let go of my competitive nature, to like slow down a little bit, to not look around me, to close my eyes and just to practice. So I think having an intention or asking just the question of why you're here is always an important answer that can keep that ego in check. And it's a process like every day, you know, every time I practice, I'm, I'm always keeping my ego in check, you know, and, um, but it's just a process and that's what makes it fun and challenging. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, that's great. And that cleared that up perfectly. So, so speaking of runners, what do you find uh, different about runners in your classes compared to other non-runners, I guess? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, everyone's kind of the same. I mean, I would say like, okay, maybe they're a little bit tighter, you know, they're, they may require like more blocks or props or that kind of thing. Um, but I think you know that too, I find a lot of runners have that competitive mindset. Like they're looking around, they're like, all right, that guy can do, um, you know, this, or this person can do that. And I feel like people look around a lot and compare themselves and, it's, it's really not a way of comparing comparison or, um, it's really something that's for you. We talked about, um, and something else that I also, also notice, or just in general, when runners come to my class, they, um, they, they want results. So <laughs> they want like, okay, so I did yoga twice. What, where, what's that going to get me? You know, <laughs> and I'm like, if I'm doing my tempo run, like how much faster, how many seconds is that going to take off my time? And, um, what's great about yoga is that you'll, you will notice results. You will notice that you'll become more flexible. So I have a lot of people, my runners in my class that can now touch their toes, which they're super psyched about. Um, and I do have runners that are like, Kara, I've taken off, you know, time off of my 10 K or I'm running faster, or I feel more flexible. I'm able to give injury away, but I would also encourage people not to be result focused, um, and just let the practice kind of do its thing. And, and, um, you'll notice after a couple of weeks of being consistent, um, you'll also start to notice that yoga is not something that also helps with flexibility and strength and all of that, but you'll start to have a different perspective, maybe on your life. Like you'll start to look at things a little bit differently. And that's when yoga becomes really powerful where it's beyond just the physical and, oh yeah, it's taking two minutes off my 10 K time. It's something that you're able to really live by. It's kind of like you're guiding principles of your life, which is really powerful. Mm -hmm. well. And one thing I kind of noticed when I, I have to admit, I have fallen off a bit recently and I, this is, this is motivating me again, then I need to get back on top of it. But, um, one thing I did notice was the, when I first started the Shavasana at the end, I really struggled with it. I just, part of me just wanted to get up and be like, oh, this part's stupid. Like I just want to get up. But then over time I learned to not only like switch my mind off and I did have an instructor who always happened to know he'd it felt like he knew like as soon as my mind started going off again he'd be like okay now bring those thoughts back you know knew what to say but um can you talk about the importance of that shavasana at the end where you you know do relax and lie there and kind of reflect I guess yeah it's important it's um I think you know in society and culture we don't stop and just appreciate what we do for ourselves like even when we run we're like all right I have 45 minutes to run so I just ran and now I'm in the shower and then I'm going to work even after you run it, it's important just to lay down for a second and just say, wow, like that was really, I'm really proud of myself. That was great work. And, and just to feel the effects of that movement and that exercise in your body. Like we love running. We love the way that it makes our mind feel. It makes our body feel. It's a rhythmic, powerful movement. And so when you're able to just lay down for a moment and rest, it's, it's really powerful. Actually, before I really got into yoga, I noticed that I would do that after running. I just want to lay down my back for a moment and just feel my breath. And it was really relaxing to me. And so just taking a moment to slow down, to appreciate what you're doing for yourself, integrating that rest aspect, I think is so powerful. I mean, and Shavasana, some days I will have full out dreams. I will fall <laughs> asleep. I'm dreaming. I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, where am I? And it's, a good indication that I need to fall asleep. I need to rest. Um, I need to get some, some rest there. So again, it's a powerful way of just slowing down and practice slowing down. You know, I have a student who same thing with her. She's like, my mind goes in high gear and 
especially in Shavasana, it starts to get louder and louder and louder. And I'm like, well, that's an exercise that you can work on. Like, how do you, how do you sit with your, with your mind? How do you sit through that? Because, you know, when you're running that marathon at mile 23, how are you going to deal with your mind? Cause the thoughts are going to be pretty loud and they could be pretty negative. So how do you, how do you just mental training aspect on your mat that you can bring into your running? And that could be Shavasana. That could be the hard. I mean, I know a lot of people that the slowing down part of practices, you know, they want to do their pushups. They're like, Oh my God, we're slowing down. I didn't sweat enough, you know? And it's, you know, it's sometimes it's not, you don't need those pushups. You need to sit with yourself and sit with your mind for a little bit. Um, cause you're avoiding something, you know, that you need to deal with or not avoiding something. You just need to slow down more. So absolutely. That's great. And I guess you find then that it kind of helps with confidence, um, builds runners confidence if they, you know, if they are able to build that mental practice in there. Definitely. And I think like before races, especially for the Mar- Boston marathon, for example, people are at that athlete's village, like three hours before they run. Right. And so how can they sit and deal with that performance anxiety? Right. I'm going to run a marathon in three hours. Like people get anxiety. They're like, Oh my God, Oh my God. And so they start eating a lot. They look around, other people are doing, you know, they get off their game, but how can they sit in that athlete's village for those three hours, prepare themselves without wasting energy and just kind of sit and breathe and meditate. And, and so that's where a lot of these things come into practice where you don't have to be on your mat. You can take your yoga and, and you can pra- you can practice it when you're in traffic in the car for two hours. You know, it's, it's how do you change your mind? How do you do that mental training? Well, you get it when you're on your mat. So you, you can become that more focused and peaceful and at ease. You're not wasting so much energy when you have to perform well, like you have to perform well at work or you have to perform well for that marathon, you're not exhausted by the time you get to the start line, the Boston marathon, because you've been freaking yourself out for the past three hours, you know? Yeah. So that's also something I think about too. I love that. That's great. That That's that's a really good way of thinking about it and really brings it home. That's, that's interesting. Um, so then what about runners listening who are not able to get to a yoga class if there's just you know, nowhere nearby? Is there a best way around it? Like do it, you know, for doing it at home or what would you recommend? Yeah. So there's tons of videos online. I actually have a couple of video go for runners videos on my YouTube too, too. So there's that. Um, and I think people too, that, you know, you don't have to do yoga by doing a video or doing a class. You can, you can really just do five poses and it can be for 10 minutes after you run. And maybe that's where you start. Maybe you don't start by getting into the classroom. Maybe you start by just doing five you know, stretches after you finish running and making sure that you do those stretches. And on my running blog, I actually have a a bunch of different sequencing that you can do post run, you can do before you run to warm up the muscles, um, and activate the glutes and the hips. And, um, and there's also, um, little, I have like little focuses, like if your IT being IT bands bothering you, here's, you know, five stretches for that, your quads and that kind of thing. So you don't have to get super um, funky or super sophisticated with your yoga. You can make it as simple as you want. Maybe it's just doing meditation and sitting for five minutes and setting your iPhone timer. So what's great about yoga is you can really make it your own. And I, I want to encourage you for that because a lot of people are trying to run marathons and that kind of thing. And then they have families and they feel such guilt for not only running, but also for taking, you know, an hour class or a 90 minute class. And so again, videos are really great. And, um, you know, just even making up your own yoga, like different sequences, that kind of thing are really awesome as well. Um, and then also just, I know, um, in regards to looking for classes, I know people are like, Oh, what kind of classes should I take if I want to take class? So, um, if we break it down to kind of what I was talking about earlier, strength, flexibility, and focus Mm -hmm. from a strength perspective, um, what's great are those power flow, vinyasa classes, hip hop yoga for people that are here in Boston, anything that's going to sweat, move, that would be your strength classes for stretchy classes. Um, what's great is like a slow flow class. A slow flow is really great, um, for flexibility. Also it's called yin yoga. That's really fantastic. Um, restorative yoga would also be a stretchy class, light stretching, Um, they also have vinyasa with deeper relaxation, which is really helpful as well. So you'll flow for a little bit and then you'll do deeper stretching at the end and then also alignment yoga. So there's Iyengar yoga, that kind of thing. Um, that would also be something that'd be great for, for deep stretch and then for yoga for focus. So we talked a lot about like developing the mind, um, meditation glasses are great. And then also restorative because as you know, you're laying around and you're dealing with your mind for a while. So um, that'd also be great for focus as well. Um, in my yoga for runners classes, um, people are asking, you know, what's that about? So what I love about teaching yoga for runners is you have a community of, of, of like-minded people, right? So 
um, I'm able to talk right to those people, what they're thinking, what they're doing, because I, I have the same thing in my head going on. So it's great. And it's also going to be a combination of a little bit of, it's going to be a combination of strength. It's going to be a combination of deep stretch. And we'll also work on some focus as well. So it's a great way of bringing those three facets together in that one class. And then we focus specifically more on hips, hamstrings, IT band area, kind of all that area that get really funky, um, especially with, with running a lot. So um, that's kind of what classes I would recommend to for runners as well. Oh, that's fantastic. That really helps. And I think, you know, everyone will hopefully be taking notes. And I will put um, links to both your website and your YouTube channel on um, the show notes, which can be found at runnersconnect.net forward slash RC82. Um, and then I love that you, you know, you gave your um, the different classes, which is helpful. Um, so if you are in the Boston area. So anyone in Boston, you are lucky enough. You can go you can go find one of her classes. And if you aren't, um, I have checked out the website and the videos are great. Like they really are. They're very easy to find, easy to follow. And I love that you said that you could even you know, kind of make up your own, you know, practice. So you don't have to do it in a particular like flow, essentially, you can kind of, you know, pick the poses you want based on where your tightness is. Exactly, exactly. Um, And maybe like, you know, you're like, I have 20 minutes, I have five, you know, just pick what feels good for you. I know for me, like, a lot of times I'm running in and out from different classes or clients or um, that kind of thing. And so I'm going for a run and then I'm like, all right, I have 15 minutes. Okay. I'm going to do a little bit of core work. I'm going to do these three stretches and then I'll come back and I'll practice later or I'm not practicing today. That's it for me. So whatever you can get in is important. And that, and that even a little bit matters, whether it's meditation, three stretches, that kind of thing. But yeah, I think what's great is yoga is really making it your own. It doesn't have to be one style of class. It doesn't have to be 90 minutes. It can be five minutes. It can be 10 minutes. It's whatever you can make it out to be. And that's what I think makes it so powerful too. Yeah, that's great. And so if, if uh, yoga for runners is available, you would recommend that's, you know, yeah, probably the first one we should go for. Yeah. And I think that's great too, is um, um, just having, again, having a community of people, like I find those classes, I can make my, my, you know, stupid running, running jokes, or, you know, I bring in mantras for class. I bring in running quotes. I, I tied into really geared to that population um, of people, which is really, which is really fun, especially come winter time here in Boston. We have so many runners that are running through the winter time and, and just such high energy here. And so it's really fun on Sunday mornings at my, my yoga runners class, um, Sunday afternoons, I mean, um, just to have a bunch of those people together that just ran long yesterday. And there's a lot of grunting and there's a lot of laughing and it's just fun. You know, I think people also think in yoga, it's, we're, we're so serious, you know, we're chanting we're we're doing all this crazy stuff. We're just stretching it out and having fun too. And it's, it's important not to take ourselves so seriously. Mm-hmm. So um, these classes are really great because you have a bunch of like-minded people. I have people that have met each other, um, you know, become friends, which is great. I also teach on Monday nights. It's called run yoga. So we actually go for a run first oh, and great. yoga afterwards. And so it's been so fun to see that become a running group in itself. You know, people are running together there and then also running together on Wednesday nights, a marathon sports run group. And it becomes a whole, it becomes bigger than, you know, just a nice community of people. A lot of people think, Hey, I'm in yoga. I'm on my mat. I don't, I don't look at anyone. I don't talk to anyone. It's for me, but it's just like running. I mean, running it's individual, but you're, you're running your other, other people and you're building community. And, um, so it's been so fun about creating these classes and sharing them with others is just seeing how organically they're creating these communities and people are making friends with one another. And it's just, it's just a lot of fun to teach and be a part of. Yeah. I love that. And I love that, um, it's probably better as well with the com- comparison thing because everyone is tight together and I know personally I struggle when I look to my right and I see a man who just is like a, twisted up like a pretzel and then can yeah. you know go from a handstand to a headstand to all kinds of things and I think that would probably stop a lot of that because all the runners are tight together so that's yeah. great that you've built that community and I, I love that you've uh, you, what you were saying about it you know bringing people together and making it more of a team sport um, even though it is individual and then what about trying to find a yoga instructor are there any um, advice you you would give I know it can be a bit overwhelming when you join a new uh, studio and there's like 50 different instructors to choose from yeah definitely and it's tough too because it's like okay um i this one instructor because a lot of i would go to the instructor bios actually on the website that's really helpful um and see like who you would resonate with 
I mean, my preference is if I was a runner, I would like to take someone who is a runner as well. So who has that mindset, who knows what it's like to run 10 miles in the morning, like you had done or, or two hours and then also practice that night. So like just having someone understand your experience, I think is so important. And so um, I would look at the bios on the website to kind of see like, okay, who has a background that you think would, would really resonate with you or who would work well with you. You can also call the studio and say, Hey, I'm a runner. Like who would you recommend um, would be like the best class for me. And a lot of the people that work at the front desk take all of our classes. So they would know, Hey, like um, Kara, she's a runner. A lot of her classes, whether it's hip hop, yoga, whatever, she's going to integrate a lot of stretching into her classes. She's going to focus on a lot of that's, stuff. She'll, she'll put some funky stuff in there for some of the power classes and hip hop classes, but for the most part, you will, it will feel great for you. So calling the front desk asking, and then also doing a little research in the bios, I think is fantastic. But a lot of times, I mean, you're like, okay, I can only do that 545 class. So, you know, that's sometimes that's what you, you can do and that's what yeah. you can do. So. Okay. That's good. And then what about hot yoga? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. I'm glad you asked that question. So a lot of people ask me about that. So um, hot yoga, you have to be really, really careful. Our body's undergoing all this stress with running. And so, um, heat obviously causes stress on the body. And so you have to be careful that it's not too hot. So I like to practice no warmer than 90 degrees. I feel like 90 degrees, it's a little bit too much. And I also have a hard time breathing, which is really important, obviously with yoga. So, um, I don't like to practice any more than 90 degrees. I'd also be, again, be really careful of overstretching. So when you're in a heated room, you're putting stress on your body and then you're also, your body's warm, but it's warm, not naturally. So, mm-hmm. you know, let's say that you're outside right now in Boston, it's about like 50 degrees or something. You're going to go for a run, your body's going to get hot. You're going to sweat, but you're naturally getting your body warm. And then when you stretch, it feels good because your body's warm, but it's naturally warm. Uh, opposed to when you go into yoga room, you're blasting the heat. It's hot. You can overstretch something not naturally. So I just be careful with how hard you push yourself. I'm not saying like, don't ever do hot yoga. It's bad for you. I'm just saying you have to be more mindful of how you approach your stretches and your poses in those heated conditions. Um, Cause again, as I mentioned the stress and then the overstretching. So when I'm in a classroom, it's, you know, 85, 90 degrees. Um, I'm just a little bit more mindful that my body's going to be a little bit more open um, than it normally would. And just to make sure I'm breathing, I'm not forcing and that kind of thing. Okay, that's good advice. And that class I was talking about earlier, that was a hot yoga class. And there was, you know, it was packed. So I think that was partly why I was so stressed because I had uh, already, you know, it was, I was like a breaking point of where it was too far. So I definitely would agree with you there that you can push yourself too far, especially if there's a lot of people in the room. <laughs> um, too with runners, like we were like, oh my God, I got to sweat. I got to sweat. Yeah. I got to sweat. Again, come back to your intention. Okay. What is your intention to get a stretch in today? You know, so just kind of being honest with yourself too. Um, cause I think sometimes those environments, it's heated, it's packed, it's hot. You can get caught up with that energy that I need to push myself because someone mm-hmm. next to me is. So I think having a clear mind and a clear intention is also really important too. Yeah. Good advice. And then what about, so if someone, let's say, you know, um, they finish work at five and there's a yoga class at, um, six, should they, is it, would you say it's better to, if you are going to do one after the other run first and then uh, yoga after or yoga and then run? Is there a preference? Yeah. I love to do running first and then yoga because obviously you can stretch out those muscles and then Mm -hmm. you can just really relax after. I feel like, um, when I practice and I have to run afterwards, I'm almost in Shavasana just thinking about how I have to like get my body, you know, get ready for my run. (laughs) Um, and too, like, I, I, like stretching, you know, when you're stretching, you're, you're putting these micro tears in your body. And so you're going to take a little bit of the elasticity out of your muscles. And so, um, what I recommend if people are doing yoga before a run or, or that kind of thing, you're not holding the poses as long. You're doing more dynamic warm up where you're holding the poses for three to five rounds of breath. And you're just kind of getting your body nice and warm because again, you're going to take the elasticity out of the muscles. So when you, especially if you're going to do a tempo run or, or speed work or whatever, um, you're already kind of putting some, some weight into your muscles. So I would recommend uh, running first and then yoga. Cause then you can really just, stretch it out, take more rest, that kind of thing, and really give your body what it needs. Because, you know, for your running, you really want to perform, you want to do well, Mm -hmm. too. So that's kind of gets you ready for that. Okay, very helpful. And then so someone who's never done yoga before, and they want to kind of take it up, they really listen, enjoyed this today, and think they want to give it a go. 
Uh, I'm guessing you shouldn't do it, you know, like, for example, where you are. Um, by the time this goes live, uh, you will have run New York. So hopefully you had a good race. But um, so you wouldn't want to do it at like your situation, take it up for the first time. But what would you recommend um, for someone starting? Should they start with once a week and then build up to twice and then three times? What would you say is a good path if we've never done yoga before? Yeah, so it depends on where they are in this cycle. But um, yeah, I'd recommend if in a perfect world, if you could start yoga in your base training of, you know, your marathon or your 10K or whatever. So you're starting to build up strength. And if you could get it in twice a week, that would be, I mean, three times would be great because you want to keep up consistency. I feel like one time a week, you know, you're doing one time a week and then that's great. But twice a week, you're really developing flexibility, really developing strength. And you'll also see progress, more progress in your practice, which I think is helpful too for someone just getting started because, you know, it's just like a run. If you went running once a week, you'd always be like, oh my God, why is this so hard? You know, mm-hmm. every time you're, you're, you're facing it. Um, so I would recommend twice a week. That'd be really great. Three times would be perfect. And I think too, for someone first getting started, um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people practice with their socks on, which is totally fine. But you'll notice if you have your socks on, you're practicing, you're going to slip around a little bit. So recommend taking up the socks if you can. I guess some people have a little bit of a germ phobia if they're using a mat that's not theirs. Um, make sure you use those props. So in class, a lot of time we'll have straps, we'll have blocks. Um, a lot of times when you first start practicing, you're looking around and you're like, oh, well, that person's not using blocks, so I don't need to. But use your blocks. Use your blocks as much as you can. And then we talked a lot about the ego. So leave your ego in check. Like come back to your intention. Remind yourself of why you're there. You're not there to do a handstand, especially if it's your <laughs> first class. You're here just to enjoy yourself and to experience it, whatever it is, and and come back to that intention. And make sure you know you're not hurting yourself. You're not pushing yourself too far. So make sure you're breathing. You have that clear breath. And yeah, that'd just be some tips I would I'd recommend for someone going into a first class. And and I'd also recommend talking to the teacher like, hey, this is my first yoga class or hey, this is my first 10 yoga classes. It's important to tell the teacher, especially as you begin a new practice that you're newer. So she can, she or he can come over and say, hey, use these blocks or hey, let's adjust yourself a little bit. Um, but giving the teacher a heads up will just allow them to help you more. So you feel more supported in your practice, which is really important too. Okay. And I also think with that, um, if you tell them it helps because I remember the first few classes I went to and, you know, they were, they were moving through the poses and it seemed like everyone else knew what was going on. And, you know, they'd say, you know, get into warrior one and people would just do it. And I was like, well, what does that mean? So (laughs) by telling them, maybe they can give you a bit more support and guidance. Exactly. So like, exactly for that, especially with an all levels class, vinyasa class, um, you can say warrior one and then everyone will know what it is. And then I can say, Hey, like move your foot a little bit like that. Or I can come over to you and and just do a really quick adjustment and you're in it without me being like, you know, it'd just be quicker if I, if I know where to look, um, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, it's really helpful just talking to the teacher and then you'll just feel more comfortable too. I think, um, you know, when we're new to something, we're almost like embarrassed, like, Oh my God, like I'm bad Mm -hmm. at this. It's no one's bad at anything. It's just, you're, you're learning it for the first time. It's going to be a little bit challenging at first, but keeping up with it and and having a relationship with a teacher, just knowing where you're at, it's really helpful because he or she's going to help you with that as well. And can you feel comfortable, which is important too. Mm And then, so let's, one more thing I wanted to ask you about, have you ever seen, um, about it, uh, helping with healing injuries? Is that something you've come across much? Yeah, definitely. So um, kind of going back to like my running journey. Um, so ran seven marathons in five years and I had this lower back pain. I had outer hip pain. Um, I didn't know at the time my T-bands were all flared up. So um, once I started to really integrate yoga, I saw a big difference. My lower back pain went away. My outer hips felt a lot better. And it just, it, you'll feel these things in your body that you're like, wow, I don't feel like an old person. <laughs> I don't feel like, <laughs> I'm so tight all the time. I mean, you'll feel some tightness, which is normal, um, but you'll feel, you know, these injuries won't pop up as much. And for example, like, you know, running, uh, training for New York, I ran, you know, I ran a lot of miles um, two weeks ago and did a long run and I was only able to practice, get it. I was only able to get like one class in and I was doing my own yoga on my own after running, but I felt so much tighter and I felt like my body was more achy and that type of thing. And then last week I was able to go in and take four classes, two active vinyasa, and then two more restorative and stretch classes. And I ran 20 miles on Saturday 
And my body feels like a whole new body, like the achiness, the recovery from that run made a big difference. So consistency, stretching, all of that will make a huge difference, especially as you pack on more miles and, and put more stress in your body. You'll, you'll notice that your body will bounce back a lot quicker mm -hmm. um, and make a big difference as well. And if someone isn't running right now because they have an injury, would you say yoga is a good place to kind of A, stay in shape, but B, kind of maybe loosen up the muscles around that injury so it heals a bit quicker? Exactly. And just tell your teacher like, hey, I have an injury. I'm working with this and, and he or she can actually be like, oh, these stretches actually in class today will be really fantastic on that. Or um, when we come into this pose, bend your knee a little bit and I'll come over and I'll help you with that. So um, I think having an injury and going to yoga is fantastic. It's great. As long as it's approved by your doctor, make sure, you know, if you're seeing a doctor or physical therapist, it's approved by them. But just letting your teacher know, and that should actually be a great way of working through some. I have a lot of students that, you know, they're putting the sidelines because they have IT band syndrome or um, tight outer hips or that kind of thing. And so the yoga has been great in getting them back out there. Okay. So that's really something that can really help as well. And then one more thing I just wanted to ask that just came up in my head. A lot of our listeners are, um, you know, uh, either masters runners or they're, you know, uh, male or female. But what, do you, what would you like to say to someone who's listening right now and they think, oh, this is all, you know, well and good, but I don't want to be the, you know, everyone, they think of the, the typical yoga instructor of this young, you know, blonde woman who like is really stretchy and they think, oh, I'm not going to fit in. That's not for me. What would you like to say to people of all ages and levels and genders? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I can totally see that. People are like, oh, I can't, I can't even touch my toes. Where am I at a yoga class? Or I'm 62 years old, you know, what's my place here? But yoga is so individual, you know, it's such a simple practice. It's really breath and it's movement and and it's, it's such a simple thing. And sometimes we overcomplicate it by, I need to look a certain way or I need to do something. Um, you're taking away of, of what yoga is. And so when it comes down to yoga, it's just simply breath, it's meditation. Um, the physical part, the asana um, of yoga is movement, but it's whatever you want to make it to be. And it's something that Again, if you need some more flexibility in your life, it's great. If you need some more sanity, because, you know, as runners, we have crazy minds. Um, <laughs> that can help you as well. Uh, but it's letting go of the ego of what, of, of stereotypes, of what you think should be something and, and, and creating it for yourself and, and not letting like fear or I'm not good enough or all that other stuff keep you in the way of doing something that's really, really life-changing and, and fantastic and something that's incredibly changed my life. Um, physically, mentally. I mean, now it's my career, which is which is the most amazing thing I could ever dream of. Um, but it's 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 creating it for yourself, you know. Just like you're running, you know. Are you a runner? You know, you could be an elite runner, running marathons. You could be a 10k person. You could be someone that's a weekend warrior, you know, just busting out 20 miles or trail running or whatever. It's you're running. You're defining your running on your own as well, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, and that's how yoga is. You create it for yourself, and it's your gift to yourself. So. Um, let it be let it be one for you you know yeah. let yourself receive that absolutely same way that all runners are different shapes sizes and ages same yoga can be too so I love that and then finally uh, what pro are there any specific products you would recommend uh, that are must-haves or things that people should you know take to their classes yeah so um well I'm a huge fan of Lululemon I love Lululemon I like I use all of their running gear. Um, they have an awesome mat called the mat, which is great for not slipping. I know a lot of people come to yoga and they feel like they're like slipping all over their mat. So, um, the Lululemon, the mats, the way to go on that. They also have awesome. I know a lot of people do Lululemon, but they have awesome yoga stuff for helping with like anti-sweat and anti-sink and that kind of stuff. And then running fantastic. I actually run in their clothes for training for, for New York and I haven't gotten any chafing or that stuff, which has been fantastic. Um, for shoes, I love Newton Running. They're fantastic. They're great. Um, I've worked a lot on my stride and how I, my form and doing more of a mid-foot mid strike, taking more steps, increasing my cadence. And so Newton's been really great in helping me really practice that correct form. So I love their products as well. Um, Essential Water, I drink their water a lot. They have, they're an ionized water and they have electrolytes in it. So it's great for keeping you energized, keeping you hydrated, especially for me. I'm running from class to class to client to client. And then a lot of those classes I'm sweating in because it's hot or there's a lot of people or I'm moving around. Um, and then I'm running too. So it's really important to keep hydration up. And so, um, yeah, they've been really, really fantastic in providing a, a great water, a great product for as well. Um, and then other products too, I'm trying to think of. 
anything you would see so you would would you say people should buy their own mat and take it with them yeah so the mat's great it's a little bit there's two different there's like a travel size and there's a thicker size i like the thicker size because um especially with runners you know our knees are a little bit not wonky but um it provides more cushion underneath the knees so when you come into a position on your knees like low lunge and tabletop and that kind of thing child's pose you provide a nice padding underneath the knees and it's not too cushy where you're gonna slip around and that kind of thing so i love that's yeah that's number one my favorite product is is the mat there um and i also have really cool running backpacks so sometimes well i've done this only like once but i keep telling myself i'm gonna do it but i teach a morning class and i run to class once with the running uh-huh. backpack, which is great and you have everything you need for your day it's just big enough so i love that running backpack too it's really great okay good thank you um all right well um as we've mentioned, uh, you can find Kara's uh, website on the show notes at runnersconnect.net forward slash RC82. Um, and then is there anything else, uh, social media that you would like to tell people to be able to follow you or keep in touch with what you're up to or see where your classes are? Or Yeah, so just the website's great, karagilman.com. And then um, I also am on Facebook, Kara Gilman, and um, I post a lot of my stuff there. I'm also on Instagram. Um, Kara Gilman. And then I'm also on Twitter. It's runner Omi. Um, so R U N N E R O M I E. And, um, yeah, so you can follow me that way as well. And I also have a newsletter too. So if you go to my website, you can sign up for that. And I send about a newsletter out monthly with blog posts and tips and all that exciting stuff. Okay, great. Thank you so much. And if you are in the Boston area, you definitely should check out uh, her classes and make sure you give it a go and let us know what you think. But uh, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. This has been really uh, insightful and you've made me definitely know I need to get back into it. So um, I'll I'll be keeping in touch with you about that. So thank you so much for your time. Well, I'm convinced. Are you? I'm jealous of all of those of you living in the Boston area, but at least now we have an option if we're not close to a great yoga studio. So, I've been doing this for about 10 months now, and it's time to make some changes. I've created a survey that I would love for you to fill in. I promise it won't take long, but I will read your responses. I hope you know that I mean that. I've really worked on listening hard to what you are looking for, and any feedback I've been given, I've really tried to incorporate it, and I've replied to every email you've sent. And I want to do this even more going into 2016. I'm very excited to hear about some of the questions you have, and I can't wait to hear what you have to say. To help me with this, you can visit runnersconnect.net forward slash listen. And I promise to do exactly that if you help outfill the survey. It's simple and easy, and it would really show your support to me. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, I would love if you could do so through the podcast app on your phone. If I'm confusing you with how to do this or leave a review, please email me, tina at runnersconnect.net, and then maybe I can make a tutorial on how to do it. If you don't understand, the chances are there are others out there who do not either. So I just need to know if I'm not making any sense. I hope you enjoyed today. I'm off to channel my inner yogi, and I recommend you do too. Have a great week.